Welcome to the Draft Doctors Fantasy Footy Podcast with your hosts, John Crockett, Steve Fizz, and the Statesman. G'day, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors. I'm your host, Stevie Fizz. Cam's just fucked me up with some shit you said before the show. And uh, all I can think about is you put the lime in the coconut song uh, from Reservoir Dogs. But uh, we're talking midfield ranks, listeners. Midfield ranks, holy hell. Uh, it's the meat, the meat of your fantasy team. Remember that 12th man bit, the, the meat of the, yeah, whatever. Um, anyway, it's a big show. We've got a massive show. 40 deep, we're going 40 deep. And to help us do that, we've brought in the big guns. He's back. Stato. G'day, boys. Uh, don't know if we're going to go that deep. Um, thankfully, there were quite a few uh, players I had no idea what to do with. So only doing 40 allowed me just to leave them off. Mind you, uh, there are some quality names that are missing. But I've had a week from hell, so this is a nice little break from uh, uh, what's been a uh, a very unenjoyable holiday scene. I've been working full-time for the last seven days on key issues when I'm meant to be on holidays. But nice to see you, lads. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Out of the frying pan, into the fire. Speaking of someone who's on fire, not because it's hot, he's got genital herpes. Cam! It's itchy up here. It's itchy up here. Uh, look, uh, really, actually really excited to go through the top 40 because I, I reckon between the three of us, there's going to be some vastly different rankings across. Oh, the massive. It's going to be like, massive. I, with forwards, though, it was a little bit more straight cut until you got to maybe after 20 with defenders. I feel like maybe the top 15 were pretty clear cut. I reckon everywhere from, out even after 10 here it's going to get it's going to get different yeah look i've i've really enjoyed uh this season i've probably taken a more honest approach i've really backed in my rankings i think we really have avoided the group think yeah uh, just for the new listeners out there there's a lot of group think i believe in fantasy football and yeah you're right so, yeah you're right um, yeah all you get for is that is that group think that's group think, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right, man. Yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> um, all you get for straying from the pack is, is is shit, essentially, right? It's um it's a lonely place on um I don't know, Jack Martin Island when you when you love him. Uh it's it's like that. But again, and I see the salary cap articles starting to crop up. And this isn't to, to put shit on everyone, but everyone's everyone's doing better than last year. In all these articles, everyone, I, I find it, I find it hard to, to wrap my head around. Do you have any thoughts on that? On that sort of, I know, I know, in salary cap, you're looking for value, so you, maybe it's predisposed towards um, talking about players with upside, and maybe in drafting more dodging landmines. I, I think from a, especially some of the article series that come out these days, it, it's you know, deck of dream team, for example, top fifty two. You, you've, well, not top 52, but 52 relevant people you want to talk about. Um, top 50 most relevant from the coaches panel, it's 50, right? Like, we're, we're talking about people that are all probably going to be relevant and that are all probably going to have an as good as or slightly better year. So I, I, I understand why people write like that. Where we're going in, you know, we're talking about 50 mids, right? And so not, well, 40 mids, but not everyone can be doing better in that line. You know, so we we probably see more negative than those series. Yeah, no, well, we just, just are more negative. 
That's true. Yeah. That's true. But it's not like not to call out because there's people, there's other articles and other Twitter, you know. Oh, it's just two examples, fine. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just don't want the, the DM from Warnie going, you cunts. Oh, no, it's a fucking good series, <laughs> right? He only yeah. sends them uh, to you and there is a reason. <laughs> well, he's right, usually. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, with all this new season, we pick up a lot of new listeners, a lot of new followers. Uh, we don't want you. We had a really nice group before. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah, into the sure. ranks. Stato, we're into your rankings. Hit us, number yeah. one. The well, number one. one, the one by one stuff. So we'll just keep rolling with that. Yeah, uh, I'll try not to miss someone um, this time. <laughs> Good so start at number one. <laughs> yeah, poor old Lukey. I do apologise. Number seventeen. I didn't even read out. So number one, Adam Chera. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> well, you wanted a hot take. No, number one. Uh, and look, I found it. I thought the the top tier is potentially a lot bigger um, than in previous years, so I think there's a there's a good bunch. So it was really hard to separate. So look, I just went consistency to have a ceiling at number one, and that's the reason why I've gone Tom Mitchell. Yeah, I've got him at number two. Got him at one. Yeah. And the only reason he slid down for me uh, is because I, I and I, I think we'll get to the person that I've got number one next, I would assume, but I think they're okay to back it up. Stato, who you got? Um, you, you were wrong, Cam. Steve and I were right. Stop getting, trying to suck up with a group thing. You're wrong. Man put some uh, lime in his water <laughs> and he's all up and about. Yeah, so. up and about. Number two, Adam Chera. No, uh, <laughs> number two. Number two is Jack McRae. Yeah, it wasn't it. Uh, so I've got wow. him. At, I've got him at number four, and the only reason I so I, I originally played with him at number one. Uh, to be honest, last yeah. three seasons of a hundred, oh, 115, hundred and twelve COVID adjusted, hundred and fifteen last year. Like unreal numbers, right? But. Yeah. I think uh may see a slight regression if both Dunkley and Trelaw keep fit. And that's a, a massive big if. But he, he set from memory the record for the most over 30 disposal games in a season or in a row or something last year. It was some big milestone yeah. after about 15 rounds. So I, I think there might be a little bit of drawback, but it's it'll be slight. Yeah, I've also slight. got him... I've got him at four. He's averaged, if you do the BCV for last year, he's averaged 33 disposals for four uh, for three years in a row. Yeah. Now, it's hard to knock that sort of consistency. Uh, I probably just, the two guys I have above him, they've actually had players leave their club, so I can kind of get around them maintaining where they're at uh, rather than, you know, the downside mightn't be significant. So, I mean, I love Jack McCray. I'd be happy with him as my first pick. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. He's a great captain choice. Uh, so, number three, which I reckon is your number one, Cam, uh, is Jack Steele. Yeah, correct. So, I've got him at number one. Uh, look, it's pretty rare that someone... I, there was someone on Twitter who posted uh, really interesting insight about, you know, the ability for... I think it might have even been Russ, actually... Um, for for people to go back to back with their scores for the top five scorers, and it's pretty rare that someone of those top five backs it up. Um, Tom Mitchell in twenty seventeen eighteen was the top 
scoring fantasy player two years in a row. I think before then it might have been Gary Ablett, and before then I think it was Dane Swan back in 2009-10. So it, like, it's it's hard to do, but I, I, I just don't see that there's enough change there for anything to hurt his scoring output. Um, I think there's a regression. I just don't think it's huge. I actually, there, there is a world where he has the opposite. Like, there is a world where there's a bigger growth. Like, it, it, it's crazy to think of considering how well he scored, but there are some stats that he actually wasn't great in last year and that he could improve on. So I, I don't know. I, I kind of see that the club doesn't have enough change going into this season. They didn't really do much at the recruiting table because they did so much the previous year. Um, Ratten's now been there for a year. His game plan's probably pretty cemented. There'll be a bit of changes because they didn't do well. I just think he can be probably pretty consistent with last year. There's not too many that uh, follow up a banner year and have another banner year. Yeah, correct. Very few. Very correct. few. Steve, where do you have Yeah, any... I'm of it too as well. Yeah, I'm of it too. Just the, the perfect combination of being able to win the outside ball uh, with marks and lay crazy amounts of tackles. There's not many people who can do that. So all these guys at the top are, are capable of doing that. Yeah, and that's a really good point. Like, basically, I think until about five or even six, I think we're going to find people, like, you'd be so happy. Like, any of them could be the top scorer in fantasy this year. Yeah. So my number four, who I think uh, was the highest averaging midfielder last year, I think he'll have a bit of a regression, but not hugely, uh, was his banny year as well. Uh, I doubt if he'll repeat it to the level uh, that he actually did, but I think it would be close enough. So that's Took. Took for me sits at number seven. So a little bit more regression. I, I feel you there stated that there could be a little bit more regression, regression, and I think it's more because of the talent that's coming through. So Noah Anderson probably takes a step forward third year. Matt Rowe probably takes a step forward third year. David Swallow probably takes a slight step seat forward, back. Twelfth year. Yeah, yeah. Man, those lines. Uh, I, I think it's. I, I see him coming back a little bit off that year because he, I, I'm hoping that the Suns are a little bit more competitive, and for them to be more competitive, they need more contributors. I got him at three. I don't. He, he can come back, and that's fine, right? But eight and a half tackles just left his team. Yeah, yeah. They also weren't there so... for the last half of the year, right? Like. Not half. It's last six weeks, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and that's fine. Yeah, and his score didn't change that much. No, little bit more group think, please. Uh, moving on to number five <laughs> was my <laughs> was my <laughs> was my number one uh, for last year. He did uh, hit the top ten, but didn't scale the heights I was expecting. And that's Zach Merritt. You say five, Stato? Five. Yeah, five for me as well. Ten. Ooh. Why, Steve? Uh, look, he's fine, right? Because he doesn't miss. Yeah. Um, racks up massive amounts of pill. I just think there's heaps of guys there. That that team's getting good. That's usually... like He might still be the main guy, but I just see a bit more sharing of the load there. So there's some guys I like to go past him, uh, and that's and that's all it is. Yeah, okay. Yep, and again, we're talking sure. such a small amount at this range, right? Like, it, it's it's between five and ten. You're probably talking about two and a half average points. 
Pretty much. I, I could I could just see him falling back to sort of a one oh three potentially. Like and maybe wow. the other guys don't take the leap and where I'm completely wrong, right? That's a that's a big drop though. Like he's been hundred and ten for years, right? That's fine. It's, yeah. it's a kick and a mark. Yeah, but still every game still feels not so good. Okay. Cool. Okay. Uh we might start separating a bit more than we have. Uh, number six, Clayton Oliver. Uh, number nine for me. Thirteen. Yep. Really? Um, tell me thirteen, Steve. I think his time on ground will reduce. Yeah. Uh, they brought in Luke Dunstan. I just think they're going to keep him a little bit safer. His, uh, which... If you look at him compared to the other mids and even his prior seasons, he sort of averaged about 83%. This year it went right up to 88 I feel like maybe they'll just mix in, bring in Dunstan. He's a really good inside mid. Gonna, if he plays, he should he should spell him. Like maybe, maybe I'm fucking way off. I just, you know, I don't know that that's what Melbourne want. Fair enough. Fair enough. Interesting take. Uh, number seven, Rory Laird. I've got him at six. Um, and simply because I, I just think he continues, just keeps doing what he does. Steve's going to have him in the 20s here. Eight. Oh, he didn't have the smirk. As soon as Steve gets a slight yeah. smirk, you know he's got this like super hot take and he's super proud of it. I, I have no hot takes. We'll see. No hot takes. Well, we'll see. You're going to have a hot take. Guarantee you're hot. I don't have any hot takes. We'll see. You'll you're wait hot. till we see the smoke. All right, number eight. I'm going for another step up for Sam Walsh. I have my eight as well, actually. I'm at six. Wow. So, oh, wait. I thought that might have been a little bit hot from me. I, I started with him at five, and then I pulled him back because I'm really concerned about the games where he gets tagged. So if Carlton it's gets better than pulling him off, is it gin? Is it gin and lime? <laughs> no, like... it's just water. <laughs> okay, um, because it's just water. you know I, I have a feeling that Carlton are better next year. You'd hope they start to get better, and if they get better, they need more contributors. Again, there's a, a chance where teams start to target him a little bit more because Carlton are more of a threat. And so if that's the case, then. He's going to cop more of those 79 games. There was a couple of games last year where he got scores in the 70s because he got tagged. And, it, 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 yeah, I, I find that concerning. But, yeah, I still have him very high, obviously. But. Yep, beautiful. Uh, number nine, I have Callum Mills. Uh, I have him at three. Oh, wow. Yep. That's big. Explain. I think he's got another another uh, gear to go into. So last year was his first full year in the midfield, and uh, he played half of it with an Achilles soreness type deal. I I think if he's over that, there's a there's a significant other level that he can go to. He's the right age. He's got the experience now in the mid. He's probably the new main guy at Sydney, taking over from Luke Parker. Just all sorts of hype around Callum Mills for next year. Wow. Yeah, I'm five. I'm 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 with oh, him. Wow. They've only had um good contributors leave. It'll be a, you know, you'll see if the kids can step up and that's fine. Um but generally I'd you know, I don't see why he can't continue on. 
I seriously thought I might have been a bit too high on that one. So there you go. Um, fantastic. Number 10, Christian Petrucca. Uh 12 for me. And not for any other reason that I, I think where he scored last year and the role he played is probably just going to continue. And that's about, about right for him. I got him at 12 as well. Huh. Wow. That's pretty decent, boys. Uh, interested to see. I reckon Steve's going to be on with me with the next one and Cam not. But number 11, Andrew Brayshaw. I've got him at 10. Oh, wow. Yep. Too much group think. What's going on, Steve? Come on. Seven. Whoa! Seven. Oh, that was it. He had the smile. I didn't see the smile. He had the smile. Uh, he no had smile. the smile. You had it's the smile. fucking seven. It's I like three spots. Oh, man. It, it's only four positions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, nothing. Through seven. So, it's nothing. Yeah, it's, uh, we're obviously very high on Brayshaw. My only my only I'm query with Brayshaw is if he gets tagged into dust. That That's it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, that that was going to be my question was who does get the attention? Yep, it has to be him, right? Like goal kicking mid, holy shit! It's going to be awesome though. Otherwise, it's going to be so, so good. Yeah, wow. Um, that's very. Interesting. But not everyone's going to tag. Yeah, correct. So. Which is which is how build is average, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right, number 12, uh, you guys are going to have much lower, but I'm expecting a bounce back. Uh, Lockie Neal. Oh, I've got him at 12. Oh, 11, sorry. Same same reasoning. I, I think he'll bounce back. Not concerned about him being the tag target there. I think he showed that he can handle it the year before last. Yep. Had big injuries last year, ankle and the back. I think he'll be... Uh, and all, all, you know, the one article that's come out of Brisbane is he's firing, so we'll see. I was going in nineteen. Just he and he can move up very easily. Yeah, that way. Absolutely. Just listeners, yeah. it's it's again, it's early January. Yeah, he's a fluid. And, and I was looking at these and said I could sit there and change them endlessly. That's the reality. There's the groups here, the tiers are actually so close to each other. Uh, number thirteen, I've got Mar- Marcus Bontempelli. I've got him at 22. I've got him That's at 20. Low. Wow. Okay. So I've got him. I think he's become the key insider for them. Now, before before he would have little five, six-week groupings of really good scoring, last year was the first time he built us some consistency. And I actually think this is where I think Dunkley's going to get hurt because it actually proved that the Bulldogs are a really good unit and they didn't have to have Dunkley. So I think I think Trelaw is going to be the more run outside. Um, I think uh, McRae is going to be the seagull and I think Bontempelli will be the, the key guy because they've generally got a forward line now. That's the reason why he got dragged in there. They've got a forward line now. So my my only concern, and I hear you, and I think he can be really great in the mid. Uh, my concern is that just looking at the scores with without Dunkley, with without Trelaw, without both of them, he benefited almost better than or more than any other player in the Dogs in those scenarios. So it was like twenty two points without Dunkley to the positive, 
14 points without Trelaw, and when they both missed, it was 23 to the better. So, like, big, big, big numbers, but, um, you know, he obviously was dominant in the, in those games, so, yeah. Yeah, but, Dunkley come back as a forward, and Trelaw's going to be out after three weeks with a Sammy. Well, <laughs> and but was... was yeah, it, it just depends, right? Dunkley may have come back not fully fit, all those sorts of yeah, things. Yeah, like, absolutely. So there's, there's plenty there. So, but he's yeah, a game I'm probably, breaker. I'm probably on the same wavelengths as Cam, and and Stad, I agree. He he will be locked and loaded in their midfield, uh, in the centre bounce rotations. He just averaged two more uncontested disposals than he ever has before, which isn't a lot. But someone like Adam Trelaw, if he's actually playing, what are you trying to? Listeners, you can't see it, but he's he's doing silly things with his drink, and it's it's quite disturbing. So he's averaged two more uncontested disposals than he ever has before, which doesn't sound like. But someone like Adam Trelaw will easily rack rack up the ball if he's on the park. So with Josh Dunkley, so I think that can come back. And also his goal kicking, it's it's um he, he was just better than his usual self. Like, and he kind of does that. He kind of yo-yos, which doesn't sound like much, but he actually averaged one point two goals a game, which is pretty. Fucking good for a centre bounce midfielder. So, um, just if those couple things go, and like we're only talking seven positions between myself and uh, you, but that's sort of eight eight points, and that and that can be the difference. Yep, absolutely. Number fourteen, I have Josh Kelly. Yeah, I got him at thirteen. Nine. Yeah, I, and I think he's quite capable of being in the top ten. It's just that body. He can just never play the 22. So he just, with that little injury concern, he just drags me down a bit. So he did play it last year, which is the, the thing. So he, he got the games in. And the the upside, I think, is you know pretty tremendous in that I think after round seven, because remember he played that forward, sort of high half-forward role for the first seven rounds. After that, he averaged 110. Um, so there's there is potential upside there. But for me the injury risk brings him back down to 13. Yeah. Now, fair enough. Uh, number 15, if Lockie Neal's going up, then I reckon this guy's going down a bit. So number 15, I've got Jared Lyons. 14. Ugh, 11. He, um, yeah. he, he just popped out 107 the whole time Lockie Neal played, so I'm pretty comfortable just saying he'll do that again yeah. unless... Brisbane want to mix things up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's someone else rising up the ranks with them too. But, um, yeah, I think Jared Lyons will still be solid. Um, without being a world beater like he probably was this year a bit. Uh, number 16, um, and he could be a lot higher than this, it's just the body, although it's looking pretty strong right now, and Taylor Adams. I've got him at 15. I read him at 15 as well, but uh, wow. he could easily be the number one scorer. Yep. That's the sort of player he is. Absolutely. So very, very true. A uh, bit of a drop down for number 17 for me. It's Ollie Wines. I have him at 17 as well. Um, bit of Brownlow hangover coming his way. Just Stato seems to happen every year. You're the man who called it. Um, it fantastic last year, but for comparison, like, when we get to number 17, the 17th best mid last year was 106. So we're talking a regression of like a few points essentially at this point, but he should still be pretty good. Yeah, I got him at uh, 14. Yeah. 
Why is it just the winner regresses and not, say, the guy who came second? Well, it might be. Uh, or third. Or uh, uh, Look, it, it could be. Banner years are certainly ones that happen to quite regularly, and you find uh, a quality player that has a, a banner year gets a chance of taking out a Brownlow. But I only did the research on Brownlows. Now, it was a few years ago. It would have been maybe four or five years ago, Steve, that I did this report, and I went back for a decade. And there was yeah, only yeah, yeah. there was only one player that had averaged higher the following year, and that was Gary Ablett. But he only played eight games or something like that because it was the year he'd done his shoulder, um, and he'd only averaged a little bit more. But it was a quite a small sample, um, and of course because he got injured, he scored a hell of a lot less throughout the whole year. So moving on to a, another breakout in my eyes, number 18, Jai Simpkin. I've got him at 20. 18. Wow. Mm. 18, the same. Again, That's... I can see him really being a top five potential. But, yeah. uh, remains to be seen. There's a lot going on in that North Melbourne midfield. Yeah. I, yes. I think the biggest concern with him were the tag games from last year. There was a series of games where he was 110 plus in a row for many weeks. Like it, he's got the chops. It's just, you know, his ability to overcome that tag could be his biggest weakness. Yes. Very interesting. Uh, number 19 for me is another riser in Hugh McCluggage. Uh, 26 for me. 23. Yeah, thought I'd be the highest, but it's not a huge amount. You're talking 19 to 26. Um, and I can actually is... see him going the other way, to be honest. Mm. Why? Uh, just the just the market share of everything. I'm completely opposite to you, Stato. You look at the player and he's absolute silk. I look at the numbers and um, that's my game. <laughs> I, I, just... I know nothing about fucking actual play. <laughs> like, yeah. No, He's he's one of these players that has that unique ability, uh, a bit like Bond. I mean, he's a different style of player to Bond, but is as good inside as he is outside. So I think they'll want to use him uh, like that. And they're, they're the real fantasy stars of the inside-outside. So you look at Tom Mitchell, yeah. he knows how to find yeah, space. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think his biggest thing will be, you know, he played predominantly as a winger, so outside those centre B or the CBAs, the centre bounces. If he gets a bigger, you know, Steve, to use your term, market share of centre bounces, then sure, his score could potentially go up. But if he continues to be a predominant winger, I think we're, we've kind of seen, like, he's the highest scoring winger of last year. That could be the ceiling of wingers under the new system. Yeah, good. Thanks, Cam. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like it. No, it's good. I was actually being sincere. Um, okay, so between 20 and 30, I found it very hard, and I, I think I can flip and land anywhere. First one's a regression candidate for me, and that's Ben Keys. Yeah, I've got him at 19. I had him at 17, and it's really just because I don't want to cop flack from the, the keeper boys. Yeah, and it's the only reason why I actually kept him in the fort. <laughs> Not true, but it sounds good. I didn't. I, I, I tried to look for what's bad's going to happen, and until Matt Crouch um, yeah. has legs reattached to his body, yeah. I can't find a good reason to, to drop him, unfortunately. No. And he's also... Oh, actually, 
I actually looked at last year's um, rankings that we did. We all had Matt Crouch in the top five last year. Yeah. Um, I have him totally unranked this year because I just don't know what's going on. So it's the old risk-reward. So in a redraft, it might be great value. But um, I think Ben Keyes, just, he's a bit like Jared Lyons to me. He performs a really good role for him, but he's a role player. Um, and the person I'll actually put into that role that's going to be at Carlton doing that role um, will be George Hewitt. Don't think he can get the pill as much as those two, but um, that's the role he's going to play. Uh, 21, uh, slight regression for Cam Guthrie. I have him at 16, and just every year I seem to predict his downfall and don't believe or buy into him, but it, it, he he backed it up last year, and there's really no one else who is going to run that sort of... It, there's no one else in that midfield. Selwood's basically dead. Dangerfield maybe goes okay, but Guthrie will be the main man there for sure. Yeah, I got him at 16 for the same reasons. I couldn't figure out who else from the Cats to put above him. Yep. Mm. A bit of a worry for their midfield. 22, I've got uh, Andrew Gaff. I have him at 31. 26. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, Gaffy. So all of us had his, had him in or around the top 10 last year. Um, and he still had the games in 2021 um, that you would say are elite midfielder games, but he just showed his floor a lot more. So he scored a 150 last year. I think it yeah. was round three. 150. Um is quite remarkable. Yes, but he's on the slide in many people's eyes. Um, on the rise at 23 is Caleb Sarong. I have him at 18. 31. Ooh. So why so high with 18, Cam? I For the same reason that we have Andrew Brayshaw at, you know, in the top 10 or, you know, wherever we had him. I, I really think that there's so much opportunity there and he has to stand up. So Nat Five, basically dead. Uh Chero gone to another club. David Mundy basically dead. That we're at a point where there is only Andrew Brayshaw, Caleb Sarong, potentially Darcy Tucker if he gets back into that midfield, and a few other of those type of players. Like he's he's essentially gonna be one of their he'll be in that mid. He's gonna be excellent. Uh- do you know who who their leading CBA attendee was last year, Cam? Gone. It was Caleb Sarong. Yeah, he had the fucking role. No, he had he had a role, and the, the role was to tag. He played a tagging role predominantly oh. throughout the entire year. He, <laughs> he he did he did. We talked about it last year, and like he he had a run with role throughout the year, and and I remember us specifically saying that. You know, sometimes that's a really big benefit for them later in their career. And, you know, potentially he comes off that next year because he's just too good. I want to see it first. Do you guys have facial hair because you don't have hair on the top of your head? (laughs) I, I was just looking at this picture and here I am, the only one cleanly shaven. Yes. 
Yes, Fuck is the answer. answer right? It's because I'm lazy. <laughs> and I just what I do, Stato, uh, is I do everything at once, like head and head and beard, uh, same length, once a month. That's, that's my routine. The thing is, Stato, what you're it's, saying here is is at the end of low week, maintenance. You're seeing at the end of week three here. <laughs> that's the. That's the <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, next one. Wait, I Steve. Steve, is... what, where did you have Sorrel? Thirty-one. What 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 did he average like low eighties? If he averages ninety five, that's kind of where you are at thirty one. I, I think ninety five is completely reasonable to to expect as an average. Obviously, you like him a bit higher. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I think ninety five is completely reasonable as a third year breakout. Cool. Okay, for twenty four, I've got someone returning to the list. Uh, Elliot Yo. Ah, uh, thirty for me. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Yeah. So I think we got similar thoughts, Steve. Uh, he certainly has the potential to go a lot bigger than what I'm rated here, and it's part of. So you look at Guthrie, you look at Keys, you look at Gaff, you look at Yo. They could all be much higher than what this rated here. That's why I actually found it quite hard. Uh, Twenty-five is. Uh, um, a recession candidate um, in Dane Zorko. Regression to 25, I've got him. How much further did you boys go? I reckon Steve's got him off the chart. He's out of the 40. There's no smirk. 28. Uh, uh. Yeah, I've met uh, 28 as well, actually. That's interesting. You guys have been looking at each other's lists. Hmm. No. Okay. Yeah, oh, well, there you go. A bit of group thing there. Mm, Jeez, yeah. Sorry, I promise. Yeah, I, so. I yeah. promise. Yeah. Difference. So much. Just, uh, so much for critical thinking. Yep. Nothing. Um, I must have been getting on to the old blokes uh, when I got to this point because twenty six come Travis Boke. Twenty six. Twenty four. I haven't twenty nine. Very close. Yeah. Yep. No, that is fair. Uh, 27, I've gone Luke Parker. Uh, 21. 20, 21 as well. My goodness. I just think he's going to be that solid ton guy again. It's just yeah. ton or under sort of scenario. Um, 28, yeah, uh, a slide for projections, no doubt, is Patrick Dangerfield. 27 for me. 33 for me. Yeah, we're all pretty similar. He's on the way out. Um, there is, he can, he has got a ceiling and he can show the ceiling. There's, his body might be a, an issue somewhere along the way. Yep. Again, he's one of those guys who really relies on bulk disposals because he doesn't really have a massive, consistent tackle or mark game it's it's quite like i tend to look for guys who go over eight combined and he's even in his big years he's kind of uh just thereabouts rather than like a jack steel who's like 14 or some shit yeah 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 that's fair enough um moving on to 29 and could have been so much higher but i just haven't seen enough the last couple of years that's brad crouch i'm at 24 I think he'll uh, perform a little bit better. First year at the Saints last year. Hopefully, you know, improves a little bit next year. It's just 
got such a such a good scoring potential. Yeah, I'm at twenty five. I, I like him. He's been yeah fitter. Absolutely. Uh, if he's your uh, in reality, if he's your M three, yeah, pretty bloody happy with this squad to be honest. Um, so the next one, I had him at one, then I had him at two. I landed on thirty. <laughs> Adam Chera. <laughs> I I have him at thirty six. So do I. Really? Oh wow! Get out of my head! <laughs> Get out of my head! Yeah. <laughs> wow. So do you like him a bit more? Why does Adam Chera uh, brain it at Carlton? Oh, look, I'm hot on two at Carlton because what their issue's been is their midfield. They haven't had the support Crips. They finally got a high-quality midfielder in Sam Walsh, and now he's starting to do his bit. So they've been playing bit-role people to actually fill these roles. I'm talking Kennedy. I'm talking Dow. I'm talking about bringing Ed Kerno back in to, to help him and sort him out. Kerno's now 32 Dow's out of the team, no more songs about him. Um, and unfortunately, I think Matt Kennedy will be a bit player, but cover where injuries uh, fall. I think he's a really good mark for his size. So he could play the small forward, little pinch hit in the midfield rather than play those key midfield roles. The two coming in, George Hewitt will play that sort of defensive midfielder role, the two-way runner. And Adam Chera will be that perfect mix inside-outside, as I was talking before, your humour cluggage type. He will get the run, he'll get the space, and all the attention will go to, to Crips if they want to close down the the, um, um, the actual stoppage part of it, or it'll go to Sam Walsh if they're worried about how much run he's creating. So he's the third cog. He's rolling into... I think his fifth season, uh, he's got all the tools. Uh, he's never had the role enough because they've had so much um, of the, the serious old guys there at Fremantle when he got the opportunity to show he could score. The sky's the limit. I think I'm being conservative with 30. Really? Wow. Okay, fair enough. Interesting. Um, next one, look, it was just hard to... It was just hard to ignore the data because the data is actually pretty good, but he's not someone. He's not someone that you would uh, that your name goes to that should hit the list of midfielders, and it's Jono's boy in Carl Amon. Oh no, 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 no! I thought you were going to go uh, the goat, but no. Okay, Carl Amon, unranked, forty-three, unranked. unranked. Wow. Yeah, I just yeah love his role. He's the um, he's the 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 underrated um, Andrew Gaff. That's exactly what he is. And Andrew Gaff used to be you know in the top ten mix. Um, he just keeps on doing it. Um, interested to see if he gets that next level to average over a ton. I, I think he might be that sort of Luke Parker scorer type where he's you know. Touches it every now and again, but not over. Um, Bad splits with Dersma. Yeah, I was going to say, my concern is Dersma. Yeah, there is two wings, but but you're right. Yeah, well, it, it depends on who's... It's a bit like the Adelaide model of who's, uh, who's on the attacking side. 
Um, but I like him and I like the way he plays. Always finds space, which is very clever. Um, next 32, uh, another one on the rise. Um, I felt like he should be a little bit higher, but it was hard to justify jumping over the um, some of the other players, and that's Noah Anderson. At 25 for me. Unranked. Wow. Lifetime, lifelong Suns fan. You're, you're not keen for their number two or number three? I love him, but he's not. Okay. No, I don't Don't see it. I don't, yeah. Cool. He's going to be an interesting watch this year then. Um, last one, oh, sorry, next one, 33. Uh, yeah, I sort of I begrudgingly put him in. That's Jager O'Meara. I have him unranked. 29. 29? Oh, he's a solid, very solid citizen, man. He is. He is. Yeah. Yeah. So so tell me, um, why unranked, Cam? Uh, Look, I played with him from everywhere, from 21 through to 39 to 41. Like, I, I just kept on finding a reason to put someone else above him. Fair enough. Um, I've got to return to a bit of a glory at 34. Um, I don't think he'll get all the way uh, to be a top 10 ranker like he was previously, but I think he'll meet us halfway. So at 34, I've got Patrick Cripps. I have him at 37. 40. It's a fall from grace, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. But again, it's that team he was in when he was scoring bulk was pus. They're getting yeah, was. better players around him. Yep. What he did was completely remarkable, unsustainable, I'd say. Agree. Um, and he's and look, I've been shit can for it in the past, but he doesn't win the outside ball. So yep, yep. Tough no, in today's game. It's fair call. Uh, number thirty-five. Uh, sorry for the group think there. Um, yeah, you're wrong, Steve. Is that better? Boom. Love it. <laughs> uh, number number thirty five. Uh, it's a tip of the cap um, to Darcy Parish for the season he had. Um, to be fair, on averages, I think he might have made top ten, yeah, top twelve around that mark. So landing him at thirty five is just some acknowledgement that there's a lot of mouths to feed in the Western midfield. Uh, and outside Zach Merritt, I don't know who I'm confident gets the role um, as much as the other one, which is a bit of a worry. There's so many names. I've got him at uh, 23, and uh, I think I actually kind of felt a little bit bad leaving him so far down. I think he is the person that gets it. He dominated for the Bombers. Um, the concern, obviously, is that when Shield returned, his scoring dropped off a cliff, but Shield gets another year older. Parrish is coming into his prime. Why would they not invest in him when he's shown so much promise and delivered so many good outcomes for that team when he's playing that role? Yeah. Yeah, I got it at 27. I kind of agree. I agree with your line of thinking, Cam. My only problem is there going to be some... Dylan Shield's going to have to be. What's his other role? Yeah, it yeah. doesn't exist. That's the right? problem. And this is look. That's um, that's the concern I had with Stringer, right, in the forwards pod because it, oh. because I, I just don't see where 
you know, if Shield doesn't have another role, Parrish needs to play that midfield role. Zach Merritt kind of floats on the wing. Like, what? Where does Stringer play? He's got another role. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think there's, there'd, there'd have to be some pretty honest conversations. Yeah, down at wherever the hell they play these days. Yeah, number thirty-six. Um, I had him unranked for most of it, but I'm going to scrub last year and think about his first year and say third year breakout for Matty Rao gets him a, you know, a ninety to ninety-five midfield average. So Matty Rao. Uh, 30, 42, so 39. out of the ranks for me. So what did you boys have? I didn't hear. I had him at 39, uh, but I was not confident with him there. Yeah, 42 and just out yeah. of the ranks. Just out of the ranks. Yeah, he was there for me for a while. Um, next one, I, I'm expecting a bit of up, but it's look, at the end of the day, this one's a really hard one to argue because there's so many good midfielders at this club. So I've scraped Jacob Hopper at 37. I've got him at 30. Uh, I think where he scored last year is probably his ceiling, but that's probably about 30th best mid. Now wait on, I saw a smirk. Oh, I saw it. it I saw it too. I saw it too, actually. Let the mic drop. Let's go. Well, I've also got him at 30. Oh, you're kidding! Get out of my head! Get out of my head! (laughs) I was waiting for don't have him, don't have him in my top 80. Yeah. (laughs) No, no. Uh, No, I've already done Patrick Cripps. No, he's, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Number 38, I've got Tim Kelly. Unranked. 32. 32. Why do you have him him unranked? Yeah, why do you, why do you got him unranked? Tell me who's scoring for uh, West Coast. That's that's the problem. I don't know. Like I, I'm really concerned about their midfield. I have concerns for his ability to two way run, play defensive roles, do any tackling of the sorts. He can kick goals. He's a smooth mover. Absolutely. Uh, I struggle to see him building consistently good scores. Is where I have him. So, what in you're my, saying is, in my opinion, effort. In my opinion, he benefits from guys like Yo being there. Like the big yeah. bodies are around to help him out, and he will get the ball and, and attack with it. I I agree with you. I my concern is that Shuey is made of string, and. Yo coming back from in you know like I I really don't think there's enough depth of those big guys to to help him out. Yeah. Well, if you got uh, Yo and Jack Redden or well Redden's, whoever Redden's like that already off. injured, right? Is he? Yeah. Well, that's I'll just yeah. have to edit. Let me just timestamp this. <laughs> so like Cam, what, what you're saying? Forty eight minutes. <laughs> is Tim Kelly's not worth two first round draft picks? No, absolutely not. We got a, a great yeah, deal agree. there. Agree. Yeah, I agree. Uh, number thirty-nine. I have James Warple. I'm at thirty-five. Probably similar thinking to you, Stato. I think he'll benefit under Sam Mitchell. Yeah, get freed oh, up. He wants the kids. So yeah. the shields of this world might find it hard to get quality mid time. Steve. Yeah, unranked. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, 40, 
Uh, the last one. I had a long list of players uh, to consider. Uh, Nat Fife, Scott Penelbury, Matt Crouch, Brandon Ellis, who for a period of the time was uh, in the top three averaging scorers in the first half of the season for us uh, lifelong Suns fans. But I landed with Paul Seedsman. Okay. 45. Unranked. Unranked. Get Unranked. the fuck out of here, Seeds. Yeah, he just got fucking ranked. Because I will say, he was in the 30s, and he was just slowly, as I was <laughs> through all this, he was just slowly dropping down. I actually felt Brandon Ellis should be there, but what Seedsman did over Brandon Ellis was actually put out a full season. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But he also had Jake, uh, Jordan Dawson coming in. Boom, get out. Yep. Well, that's why he slid. I think he was. Uh, I think he was in the top twenty. Yeah, he was great. Like awesome season. Yeah. This is what so pissed I've... me off. Is like we'll say something like that, and then the Adelaide fans. Oh, Where did you have Paul Seedman say that? He's like finished fucking twentieth or something. It's like, well, where was he the year before? Like battling it out. Yeah, yeah. And the year before, Sandful. You know. Yeah. <laughs> That's a so, bit of that. Anyway. Our boy. Uh, who who are the other key ones that you guys have in your 40 that I didn't call out? Steve, do you want to go first? Sure. I got Fiorini at 30. Wow. I, I just have... couldn't do it with the best 22. I I got him at... I got Brandon Ellis at 34. I have JPK at 35. I have Prestia at 38. I have got Isaac Smith at 39. And just for the listeners at home, I got 41 Nat Fife, 42 Matt Rowe, 43 Carl Amon, 44 Penelbury, and 45 the Seedsman. The Seedsman. Mine. So you don't, yeah. you don't like players playing 22 games, is what you're saying. What do you mean? Yeah. Sorry. What the no, hell are you talking no, about? These are M4s these, at best. The, the list of players like, that you, you went through. You're fucking injury prone until you're not, Stato. Right. Okay. Oh, I remember Until last year, Josh Kelly was a piece of shit. Couldn't get on the park. Bang, 21 games. No dramas. You know who misses a lot of games? Who? Your boy, Toby Green. Oh, fuck yeah. All I said he, was he was a fucking gun. That's Which he, he is. Hasn't played I didn't say, he hasn't played 17 games. He hasn't played 17 games in like five years. <laughs> yeah, but some damn good vision. <laughs> Who did you have, Cam, that we didn't uh, cover? So I've got James Rowbottom at 33. Because, oh, wow. Yeah. God, this again. Yeah, he's, this he's, again. He's back, boys. He's back. Um, Mate, was, was he emergency for about six weeks on the trot this week? He, uh, oh, maybe this week, but last year he was, yeah. Last, I reckon last year, sorry. The, he had a, a pretty bad back all year. And I, okay. I, I reckon, the only way, the only way, the only way I could see myself to ranking Robottom is if there was like some sort of guarantee that he wrapped himself in a bubble and was not going to get COVID for the whole year. Yeah. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah. Uh, I think he was on that boat <laughs> with the ten, <laughs> with the ten other players. Um, no, I, th- I think he'll actually be really good this year. He, he showed that when he actually plays, he gets you know fantastic amount of tackles, builds a score. I think he. He yeah, scored 90s and 100s, so he should be... He's got the potential for upside as a scorer. Um, Brandon Parfit at 34. 
there's just no one else. Like, from a... Yes, it's a Cats fan perspective, but there's no one else. He's going to have to take a step up, and and I really think he has that potential. So I've given him 34. And from a draft perspective, I think he's going to be really good value because he's lost mid-forward. So no one's going to be looking there. Um, I also have LDU at 38. Uh, I think he's going to take a step up for North. He looked really good in glimpses and uh, patches last year. Third, fourth year, I think, coming into the next year. Really good time for him. Uh, and then at 40, uh, I have Bailey Smith for the Bulldogs, even with the preseason shenanigans that have happened. I think he'll still be really good. I reckon, uh, and- mass- I reckon he's a massive drop. I'm way out on Smith, man. Yeah, look, I, I, I felt the same after what came out. Knowing that he's back at training, I, I think it's probably okay. Not even that stuff. Just uh, oh, okay. Anyway, yeah, uh, and you know, sorry to ne- derail you. That's all right. The next, the next couple: Jaeger Amira, forty-one; uh, Jai Caldwell, forty-two; and someone who probably won't. Oh, Prestia, forty-three, and someone who won't get mentioned much: Willem Drew at forty-four. Uh, for Port, I think he's going to be really good. Really? Yeah, I think he. Mm. I think he can be really good. So you had. Um, where did you have Simkin? Sorry. Uh, Simkin for me was twenty. So he's twenty. LDU stepping up. Yep. You had Jed Anderson at seven. Yeah. For the forwards. Man, there's a lot of man. North are going to really back back north for the eight. Top three, top can. three, mate. What? Top three. Jed Anderson to be seven as a forward is what? What score? Ninety six. So this year. what? <laughs> <laughs> so it's all. Uh, I think it's fine. I'm happy with that. What are you, man? He's at thirty eight. That's a ninety average. That's fine. Mm. Did anyone have a pro? Did anyone have a process with their mids, or is it just like rating the players? Because I really targeted in on guys who are going to be like top three in the CBA rotation. I probably bumped wings right down because it seems like they sort of fluctuate more year to year. Yeah, wing, wings fell off for me, and it was probably more that sort of inside outside player that that moved up. Stato, nothing. Just... Yeah, no, absolutely no. I had a, a, I actually spent a fair bit of time on it um, early last week um, before work took over. But I actually concentrated on on looking at the data, so looking at the historical data, uh, sort of like a, a breakout sort of model. So you're seeing the actual trends. Then I merged the um, the views I've got on the club. So. Some, obviously, yeah. you think have got this merge, but you see the club dropping mm-hmm. down. Um, the problem with that, uh, as I identified, then, and a great example of the problem was Patrick Cripps being such a fantasy superstar and a shithouse team. So it's uh, my thoughts were the players' development with the aligning of the club going well, which you generally do find... Uh, happens. There's the usual outliers where you have the one standout player in a shit team and Took and Steele were sort of that last year. 
But you look at the rest of the trend. So Petrarca's move to be a high-quality midfielder happened when the club was actually building and getting strong. Um, and you can have multiple good players when you have good teams. So the the old adage of the um, the traders were, when in doubt, just pick a Cats player when they were going through their really strong period. Um, if you remember um, when Collingwood was such a good player, you could pick three or four midfielders with confidence at Collingwood. So that that's the way I sort of went through it. And this is why Carl Amon, who I'm looking at, saying Port Adelaide, I don't think they're going to be the premiership team, but I think they're in the hunt for the next three, four, five years. Their so-called window is open. And I look at him in being a really smart player and able to get space. I'm thinking, well, his fantasy life. So if someone offered me as a bit of a no-name in a keeper, I'd take aim on. I think he's got four or five really good years ahead of him. Yeah, and that's and he's a great player to bring up because I'd like to talk about Port in particular. They've got the Brownlow medalist, who we can all agree probably regresses a fraction. They've got Travis Boak, who keeps on keeping on, and it's really hard to go, well, they've tried him half forward and, and this in the past, and, and they're just content to run him through the midfield. You've got a guy like Willem Drew who really performed well, but then you've got these other guys who we in Fantasyland really want to see take the next step in your Rosies and your Butters. Well, and Dersma probably, to, to be fair, to some degree. Like, tell the story where someone misses out. Well, you always have to have someone missing out. I think that that's the key component. I I think Cam's yeah. actually on the march with the wrong person. So what I think they've actually got is a lot of big bodies. What they what they unfortunately have is a little bit too much the same. And I think when you get a same midfield, that's when you get a bit of a drama. So they need um, they've got hard workers. They've got strong bodies. So that's what Ollie Wines is. He's a strong body. Um, Boke is a strong body hard worker who's got a little bit of X factor. What they actually need to have in there is not a strong, another hard body. They need X factor. So something that's going to break the lines, do something different. And that's what a Butters absolutely does. And I think Rosie has the potential. But I don't think you see both of them in there. I just see, I actually think you're actually going to see um, a stream of people which will only be one at a time, that are changing the mould of what they've got in there. Yeah, so how does, like, does, did, I mean, they can't all just go forward. They can't all just go to the bench. Surely someone takes some outside pill from someone like an Eamon or someone like a Willem Drew really has reduced game time. That That's all I'm thinking. I think when, the, when they're fit and healthy, Willem Drew's on the emergency list, not on the... Yeah. Not inside. That, that's... Yeah. It's my initial thoughts. With it, um, yes, he showed he's got some fantasy ability, but at the end of the day, what role has he got to play in there? So I think injuries yeah. and opportunities created were created uh, for him. Yeah, look, I, and you can totally see that as well. It's a very, very good point. Could go either way. Yep. Anyway, on to the listener questions. Boy, we've got about That's a correct. squeeze in this week. I haven't seen any uh, dioramas hit on... Twitter yet, so at this stage, don't have to go to Melbourne. Wouldn't that be amazing if I could stay in Western Victoria? Anyway, Ninja Spoon. It will probably come up in the pod, but what's the feeling around 
Nat Fife, is he injury prone, cooked, or still worth a look? Oh, he's got to be still worth a look, but he is injury prone. Um, and interesting with their sort of developing squad and the welcoming of uh, Will Brody, who gives them something a little bit different, but they've got Nathan O'Driscoll as well. They've got Luke Valente, who they haven't given an opportunity to yet. So you've got a couple of up-and-coming mids with a pretty solid group. Um, does he spend a bit more time up forward? Nah. Nah. <laughs> Well, I think we all had him in that M5 range, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, at, I think so. Yeah. so. Kid Blue, uh, so I'd like to know who you are fading the most or who you are currently boosting the most up your order compared to the hashtag crowd and why Cam's big parish call helped me win my league last year. First time compliment for Cam. Yeah, let's let's not make a habit of that, kid. Yeah, fuck that off. Uh, Chera won. Chera 2, <laughs> Chera 30. Um, yeah, Chera, uh, I think Noah Anderson for me, um, they're the two that I think are, um, are for a bit of an upscale upslide. And, of course, I'm keen to see what happens with Rao, um, but it's a watch and see. I'm not really strong. I'm not putting a flag in that one. Yeah, I, I think Cam. for me, Sarong... Um, yeah, Sarong, sorry. Yeah, yeah Sarong right. really keen. Uh, and from a slide perspective, I, I think just looking out for probably someone like a Bontempelli, maybe not jumping a little bit too early at him, um, might, you know, it might help a little bit. Yeah, it sounds like I'm sliding Bont and Zorko. And, yeah, um, definitely Zorks. I'm, no one else had Prestia ranked. Maybe I'm higher on Prestia than other people. Mm. But for me, he's locked and loaded as their best fantasy scorer, if he's fit, which mm. he never is because he's only played 14 games the last two years. Yeah, that's right. And oh, other big riser, Callum Mills. Lock it in. Bang. Is he a big riser? Yep. He was top 10 nah. last year. Oh, yeah, anyway. he's going to be top yeah. three, though. Big. Ah, right. Big, yeah, big, big. Sure. Yeah. Well, there you go. Can you do? Can Cam do it twice in a row for you? No. Woo. History says no. History says no. <laughs> yeah. Michael. Which AFL player would be the favourite to pull an Antonio Brown and retire mid-game? Did you see this? I know, yes. No. He just stripped off in the end zone and was out of there. I've got it, actually. There's two. Stevenson? No. Oh, no. that's a oh. great call. You reckon? Oh, yeah, for sure. No. Nah. I was going to say Sydney Stack. <laughs> yeah, who was the other? Nah, we'll just go with Sydney Stack. Brad Crouch would be the other one. Let's say wow. Dugowie. Someone like Dugowie. Yeah. Yeah. Has to be. So easy. Anyway, speaking of the NFL, did I mention? Won the Listener League. Beat Mrs. Fizz to a pulp. Jeez, that's good content. Smashed, yeah, smashed the great. shit out of her. What? It's great. It's good content. Smashed her. Absolutely smashed her. Listener League. Yeah. We have to do a, it's great uh, when we talk about our own teams. It's good content. Yeah, great. I'm content. Absolutely Thanks, very content. Kid, also uh, sitting at home, coronavirus positive. Oh, feel better, kid. Feel oh, better. sorry. He's surviving. Hope you guys are well. Do you have any novelty draft games to help decide draft order or for a steel card? Not sure what that means. Bonus points for COVID-related. 
Pierce, get onto Lava Lads. I know you Top Shot fiends would love this. Man, I am selling my Top Shots right now because it is up. Get out. Uh, so, All right. So we do so, yeah. our, our draft games that we do now every year. It's a series of 10 mini games and it's just basically like you come a position in performing something. So it might be like you put a cookie on your forehead and you have to, without touching it, move it all the way down to your mouth and eat it, you know, and the fastest to do that gets, you know, a point. And then there's 10 of those. Super, super good fun. Next question, please, Steve. Stato doesn't have any leagues, so he doesn't have any fun. With draft games. Yeah. I just don't want to talk about that anymore, Steve. I don't think our listeners want to hear it. Russ asks, as mid-only players, would you touch Caldwell or Dylan Shield? Cam, you were all uh, over Caldwell, weren't you? All, yeah. all over. Yeah. Just slightly unranked, but all over. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I do have him 41, uh, I think is where he sits for me. I think he'll be fine. In, in draft, both are relevant. Yeah, 100%. But... I wouldn't be going hard. If they land, they land. Good depth. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone needs an M7. Yep. Mason, instead of a diarrhea-rama... Oh, Mason. Mason. Can we do a clay animation or pressed flower impression? A pressed flower? <laughs> what? Uh, send it in, buddy. Let's have a look. I think Mason's taken the piss. Yeah, I think he must. There's not a lot of love for the diorama. Nah. It's a bit, a bit uh, anyway, question marks asks North midfield makeup. Where does Will Phillips fit? Yeah, is he mid forward? He is, right? He is him and Powell mid forward. I, I like both of them. I think they need to keep developing them. Yeah, I've I've Powell ahead of Phillips from a scoring and development pers- uh, perspective. I think he'll be okay next year. Probably less so this year. They, they say Phillips has got remarkable leadership capability, so he might be a bit of a slower burn, but might end up being more the, the top-end type player. Yeah, well. Cool. Branko asks, what's the best wood to use when smoking a pork shoulder? I've been liking apple wood lately, but mesquite has nice spiciness. Cam, this seems like a real... Yeah, it's a um, cam. It's a real cam question. Apple. Lock in apple. What he's already doing. Mm. You, uh, you hipsters can go drink your Passiona IPA and smoke shit. I don't know. Put in a slow cooker like a real person. Frio asks, she or may present some value. Can't be much worse. Of these three from the 2019 draft, thoughts on... Okay, so there's multiple questions here. Can she present value? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it'd be very late. Of these three from the 2019 draft, thoughts on Rao versus Anderson versus Sarong? Oh wow! Uh, I think we covered yeah. it. I I, th- I think I was Sarong, Anderson, and Rao. I think we all were, actually. Yeah. I'm I'm actually Sarong, Rao, Anderson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, despite Anderson being my boy, all also thoughts ranks on these potential breakout Smokies in Lipinski, Schoenberg, Tom Green, Josh Dekos, Devin Robinson, and. So go Cadmore. one by one. Was Lipinski, Lipinski first? Um, yeah, yeah I, I think he's probably an M six level. I reckon he's going to be in my forty five to fifty range. Oh wow! 
So a bit high. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah. Next. Uh, Schoenberg. I reckon he's going to be in my 45 to 50 range. Wow. Um, I think he doesn't, might be outside. Yeah. I, I think he's more of a, a a keeper prospect. So I think he's more of an 85 this year. Tom Green. Too much... It's too much fighting for positions there. Keeper, big time. Um, I think he's an 80 guy. Josh Dacos. Stato, about a month ago, you were pretty hot on Dacos. Yeah. um, I just want to say, I actually think he's getting part of that midfield mix. But how high he can go, I've got no idea. So I'm I'm not high on what his role is going to be. I'm unsure what his scoring is going to be, but I don't think it's any more than eighty to ninety. I think that's his absolute max. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I'm out on Dacos. Devin Robinson, I think really limited this year. Yeah, but... keeper prospect. Yeah, needs okay. the lines, mules of this world to. Um, to finish their careers before he gets in the, the top rating there. Because I think Barry's ahead of him, to be honest. Yeah. McCluggage is ahead of him. And Chad Warner. Oh, yeah. Love the boy. Um, uh, needs a, again, keeper prospect because he needs JPK Parker to finish off. And they're not too far away, to be fair. But his inside mid work looks special. Matt asks, I know you focus primarily on draft, but any chance you could rate best value and guns to start within your classic mid? No, we can't, Matt. We can't do no. that. We can't. Sorry. Nick asks, Simpkin and Dangerfield projections and rankings. Uh, Simpkin higher than Danger. Yeah, I think they all had Simpkin higher than Danger. Yeah. Uh, projections. What do we think we're going to score? Simkin, I'm oh, going to go low range. low hundreds for Simkin and probably high 90s for Danger. 16 games, high 90s for Danger. <laughs> <laughs> probably right. Oh, I, got, I got Danger mid 90s. And uh, Simkin, yeah, I'm in that. He's just over that 100 category for me. But yep. I will say he can go higher. But he could also go lower. He's a yeah, wide true. range of outcomes. Mm. Yeah. Don't don't break that classic out enough. Daniel asks, is this the year for Dom Sheed to be a bona fide 100-point player? So I, I, I tagged Archie in this question just to see what his response was, and it was like, eighth time lucky? Question <laughs> mark. So I, I guess not would be my, my guess. Oh, Cam Guthrie did it. Yeah. It is Dom Sheed, though. I yeah, could not is. be more oh. out on Dom Sheed. He's he's high eighties best, I think. You know what he averaged when his CBAs dropped below fifty uh, percent when Yo and Shuey and all that came back. Seventy four. Oh, wow. Where were we? He was putting out some bangers when uh, when they were away. But anyway, Zach, it shows playing. It shows playing mid... You've got to get better grammar here, people. It shows playing mid-prices are risky, but he's starting Sarong and Warp... Wow, this was great, actually. We got a champing in the questions. 
Mid prices are risky, but he's starting Sarong and Warple worth it since they're both capable of scoring 100 plus or keep it to one and pay up for a premium. Classic question. Then Taylor responds. Draft doctors, ask your classic question somewhere else. Zach comes back. Didn't know you were a part of their podcast. I'm sorry. Taylor, one of the hosts seemed to agree with me. Thanks for taking the effort to jump on my page. <laughs> Zach comes back with, I'll rephrase my question just for you, champ. That <laughs> 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 says, do you think Sarong and Warple are capable of scoring 100 plus this season? Uh, I think they're both capable. Uh, I think Sarong potentially is more likely than, than Warple. Um, but so I'm sort of pitching at Saronga 102, uh, Warpool 95 to 98. Yep. Berv asks, thoughts on Matt Kennedy in draft. Was valuable as a forward last year, thinking of holding in a keepers as could get forward status back again with Carlton stocking up with Hewitt, Cherry Williams, albeit scoring potential could be affected. I love Matt Kennedy and he's played in my squads for two or three years. I would suggest that you let him go to the waiver wire. Once injuries happen, pick him up. Gorn Friction asks, not sure a diorama... Oh, man, again with the diorama hate. Uh, Do Keyes and Eamon continue their form? Stato seems to think uh, Eamon will. Keyes, I think we're all pretty consistent that he'll probably... There's no reason to think he'll drop off the face of the earth, and there's no reason to think he's going to, you know, go bigger. He's probably that's what what we're seeing is probably Ben Keys. There's some regression, maybe just a little bit, but should be okay. He's very begrudgingly ranked where he is on everyone's yeah. behalf. He, yeah, I think I think one of the the smartest things or the the best depictions of this pod has been Stato saying he's like Jared Lyons. Like that's it feels right. Mm. Yeah. Matt asks, there's a perception that any DPP stars that lose DPP lose a lot of relevance. Will Laird yeah. and or Mills break that trend? They're going to be... Yeah, they will. Yeah. And I've been burnt so many times by not grabbing players because they've lost a DP, uh, DDP. Um, really quality, uh, keep scoring well. There's so many good versions of that. And I think Mills and Laird are just guns. Just like Brandon Parfit. Yeah. And you yeah, hate Dane yeah. Zorko. Curious. Steve asks, top of the morning to you, Stallions. Stallions, my God. Hey. Certain players like Boak don't seem to be missing a beat despite their age. How do you take age, say 32 plus, into account when doing your rankings for single season drafts? Yeah, they drop down for me, but I'm an ageist prick because people fall off the cliff at some stage. But then you have the people like uh, uh, 300 Mundy. What was it? Mundy 300. Um, he just had a blinder of a first half of last year. But they do drop off. There is regression as you get older. Um, and look, at the end of the day, uh, I just I, I just go for the ones with the upside first and foremost and um, if a boke's available at an M5 position, I'll probably take him. If they have a clean injury history and a good role, they're usually pretty good. Um, someone like Joel Selwood, who's had everything go his way and was still shit, Cam, uh, that's where you probably <laughs> worry. 
like all things cats. Pack and Sands, thoughts on Willem Drew, Jared Berry, and Daniel Howe? So we haven't, no. we haven't talked about Jared Berry, and I think he's quite interesting going into next year. He kind of fell off the face of the planet last year with injury, and I, I really think he can maybe bounce back and take a lot of the load off the likes of Jared Lyons and Lockie Neal. He's, you may forget he's still 24. Well, he's he's in the right age bracket to, to start taking another step. I think his ceiling is the type of player like a Jacob Hopper. But, you know, to say that he's going to continue being a 40s mid is probably wrong. I'm not high on any of those three. I probably like Barry as well, just because I've I had him that like one of his good years, so I'm probably a bit predisposed towards him. But again, he's an M seven bench. Yeah. 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 So saying you like someone and then being realistic about what they can put on the park is uh they're two different things. Daniel Howard, no interest. Yeah, none. Yeah. Uh do unicorns, who are the sneaky mid only players we might punt on to pick up DPP in AFL Fantasy. Jordan Clark is one being spoken about. Any Smokies? Um, not yet, because we're not seeing the footy. Um, we can have a look once we uh, start seeing the pre-season competition, but um, we don't really know what's happening at Clubland yet. So based off our ranks, maybe Zorko. Yeah, Zorko. Mm-hmm. Probably someone like a um, Lockie Hunter. You know, those kind of Matt Kennedy mentioned before, like those type of players. Nick Dacos. Ed Kerno. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ed will certainly get it if he's in the team. God, we love you, Ed Kerno. Uh, Mason asks Luke Dunstan, 23 home and away games plus finals, 120 average, and forward reclass early, surely Rocket. <laughs> Maybe not. No. <laughs> Matt asks, is the mock draft... No, Matt, we're not... That's That was the last question. Cam, didn't you have some questions on your... Nah, no, it's all good. Can't get back to that fucking... My God, Jesus Christ. Mock simulator. Maybe, you know. Maybe. It's a maybe, is it? Well... I asked you in the group chat the other day and I didn't get an answer. I was like, what the fuck is shit? That's, that's where we're at. Sh- <laughs> shifty bastard. Actually, sorry, I've got a, I've got a question here. You had a heap. Will Nathan Burl Nathan Van Burlo ever have another year like 2011? Jeez, maybe coronavirus. Mm. Who knows? Mm. Uh, I just got a message. Dinner is on the table. Let's wrap this up. We got more questions. Frio are sitting, sitting or standing to wipe. Oh, move on. Coxie asks, Next. Oh, no, wait, that's a joke question. Ads asks, can you discuss grouping players into draft rounds? Oh. Like tiering, I guess. Yeah. We tier. We might um, do that in another show later on. Yeah. yeah just um, Gabe asks, rank these three, please. Dangerfield, Yo, Sarong. Oh, we've already done that. Carla. Not in the ranking area, but how do you see Jared Berry going? Just covered that. Not a little yeah, bit. Carla asks, drank draft Andy Brayshaw before Sarong or vice versa? No, Andy Brayshaw. Yeah. 
All right. And that's it. That's the end of the rankings pods. We will be updating them over the course of the preseason. This pod's gone for an hour and 20. Uh, it's a bit of a short one. Anyway, listeners, we'll be back with another pod next week. And training is getting back on the track, thank goodness. And hopefully we don't see any uh, more injuries like we saw in the AFLW state. Oh, Jesus Christ, what's going on? Yeah, not good. Good night. Look after yourselves.